Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Ty Lee Nooney Underwood, college sweethearts, Monday, January 26th, 2015, Tyler, Texas, Warning, the following content you're about to listen to will contain audio evidence of misgendering. Listening discretion is advised. Identified the victim as 24-year-old Tyrone Lee Underwood, but on social media and to her friends, she was known as Ty. Investigators say she was found shot to death early this morning on 24th Street North Tyler. She was just a lovely person, very real, down-to-earth person, uh, who didn't deserve this, did not deserve this at all. A woman called 911 saying a car had hit a telephone pole and that her children heard gunshots. Underwood's roommate believes Underwood was targeted because she's a transgender person. This has to be a hate crime. This has to be a hate crime. Nothing else because that's, that wasn't an upstanding person. Tyler police detectives do have a few leads, but nothing substantial enough to lead to a warrant. We'll follow up any leads that come in, we'll follow them completely, because this is excessive. Detective Urban believes Underwood was in or near her car when shots were fired. She then tried to drive off, but the car got stuck in a grassy area. There were uh, several indicators there may be bullets fired at the vehicle. It's Monday, January 26th, 2015, in the city of Tyler, Texas. It's the home where 24-year-old African-American transgender female, Ty Lee Nooney Underwood, would reside. And on Monday, January 26th, 2015, at 2.36 a.m., 911 call rings out. A woman is found slumped over in the passenger seat of her vehicle. That is identified as Ty Underwood. When Detective Andy Irvine of the Tyler Police Department arrives to the scene of the 47th District in Tyler, Texas, what him and his team discovers will shock the town of Tyler for years to come. They would discover what they thought initially was an accident. This young 24-year-old 
trans woman had accidentally ran into a driving pole. An accident late at night on a Monday early morning. Simple enough. However, when they opened the door and when crime scene investigators viewed Ty's body, what they discovered was over five gunshots bullet-ridden throughout Ty's body. Ty's blood-soaked body splattered throughout the car. And Detective Andy Erbal and his team wanted to know what happened to this beautiful, vivacious nursing student. Well, what they decide to do is, around 6 a.m. on that Monday morning, is go to the home where Ty Underwood shared with her roommate, Koi Simmons. Welcome, my audience. Thank you so much for joining in this amazing episode of A Hateful Homicide surrounding the hateful homicide of Ty Underwood, College Sweethearts. My audience, this case has a tale of betrayal, trust, love, jealousy, control, and ultimately murder. Young, impressionable youth fall in love with should have been an innocent college sweetheart between a cisgendered man, 21-year-old African-American cisgendered male, Carlton Champion Jr., and 24-year-old transgender female, Ty Leonuni Underwood. The two, my audience, had this relationship like no other. Ty, a native of Lufkin, Texas, relocated to Tyler a year before her hateful homicide in 2014 to be close to Carlton. The two had met on the Kick app and had easily started a relationship. Their love of sports and music um, garnered this relationship of attachment and codependency amongst them both. They both couldn't live with each other, but they both couldn't live without each other. And when Ty, who was fed up with Carlton's antics of being this, you know, football all-star, you know, all-American hero, college jock, right? He's this popular all-star football star. Ty's this nursing student. They go to these rival colleges, they meet. And what seemed like this kind of rival romance sparked this relationship that would last for over a year. And the two would have this push and pull back and forth, this hit or miss of a romance. And when Ty, who advocated for more, to be seen as more than the secret girlfriend to Carlton, Carlton, who had a litany of girlfriends, cisgendered girlfriends of all ethnicities, but who all identified as cis, that he was very public with. But the woman that he gave most of his attention and his affection to, Ty Underwood, he would not be seen with her publicly. And by 2015, my audience, Ty had enough She warned Carlton that if he did not verbally and publicly display their relationship, that she would leave. Well, Carlton knew that the time was coming up. The new year had began of 2015. 
And when him and Ty had sat down just a few weeks before her hateful homicide on that Monday of January 26th of 2015, they had sat down and discussed their relationship. And Ty had disclosed to Carlton Ray Champion Jr. that she was moving forward, that she wasn't standing in his way, and that she didn't want him to stand in hers. She had began to see an individual by the name of George Thomas, a 28-year-old African-American cisgendered male. The two had also met on the Kick app. He was aware of her gender identity. He was fine with it. And he was a native of Tyler, Texas, and was willing to get to know Ty for Ty. And when Carlton learned this information, he was not happy. While he was fine with Ty having a casual, no strings attached relationship with George, the idea of this relationship becoming serious and it leading to him being on the outs, well, that didn't sit well with Carlton. And so what does he do? He formulates a plan. But all of this is unbeknownst to Detective Andy Erbal and his team at the Tyler Police Detectives and the par- Tyler Police Department. They wanted to know who was Ty Underwood and how was her lifeless body left slumped over in the 47th District of North Tyler, Texas on Monday, January 26th of 2015. Ty who had, you know, been described as this vivacious, you know, outgoing, you know, just nursing student who had a passion for medicine and healthcare, had moved from her hometown of Lufkin, Texas, um, in, again, February of 2014. She relocated after connecting with 21-year-old cisgendered Carlton Ray Champion Jr. The two hit it off. Um, they were mutually attracted to each other. And Ty's roommate and very best friend, 25-year-old transgender female Corey Simmons, who she shared an apartment with in Tyler, Texas, opened up vocally about the fact that Carlton would come over to the home that she and Ty shared and that they would be lovey-dovey, kissy-kissy, and they seemed to be very much enamored with each other. Um, You know, Carlton seemed to be very much just in awe of Ty's confidence. Tyler, Texas is described as this very, like, conservative town, um, not, you know, much liberal than, you know, Ty's hometown of Lufkin. But nonetheless, this was a space where she felt that she could definitely be more outward and extroverted. And she did that. She was, you know, very outward and open regarding her, you know, binary trans woman status. Um, and Tyler at her at her medical school that she resided at, um, getting her medical assistant degree. And then um, she was also very vocal with Carlton. Um, he very much knew of her gender identity um, prior to their relationship. And so again, Ty had relocated around February 22nd of 2014 to Tyler, Texas and moved in with her roommate of Coy Simmons. And this relationship with Carlton was very budding. It was new. It was fresh. It was refreshing. And, you know, it was described as passionate and, you know, very electrifying. It was this, again, kismic relationship of these two Afrocentric youth 
who were following their passions. Carlton, who was pursuing his athletic career in football, and Ty, who's who's pursuing her career in healthcare. But nonetheless, though the two had been together for a year, Ty was done with being Carlton's secret, his side piece, however you want to coin it, my audience. And so she began to establish a connection with George Thomas, again, a 28-year-old African-American cisgendered male who she met on the Kick app. And they really seemed to vibe and connect on their love of Bob Marley and their connection to football and soul food. And, you know, it seemed like it could go somewhere. But unfortunately, it would be cut short on the morning of January 26, 2015 at 2.30, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. My audience, as we continue to go through this case, I want to take a moment and just delve into a little bit about Ty Underwood. Born October 24th, 1990 in Lufkin, Texas to Yolanda Ford Underwood. She was described, again, as a lovely, outgoing, extroverted, vocal, call it as you see it, 24-year-old African-American trans woman. Ty had a passion of giving and helping others, and that's why she was determined to get into the healthcare field which is what she did when she enrolled in Tyler, um, Texas Medical um, Assistant School uh, around March of 2014. She was, um, you know, vehemently and effortlessly working towards her medical assistant degree, her associate degree in medical assistant to become her very best self. And in 2015, my audience, Ty was 24. She was thriving. She was in a relationship with Carlton Ray Champion. She was slowly starting to pull away from that relationship and get involved in a new relationship with George Thomas. But nonetheless, her career and her passion for healthcare and medicine never wavered, as spoken by her roommate, um, Cora Simmons. She also shared the home with another trans woman, African-American trans woman by the name of Kenya. And Kenya also spoke about the relationship with her um, in regards to her relationship with Carlton, as well as her relationship with George. Um, Kenya spoke that Ty was torn. She was torn between the love that she shared with Carlton. They had this very passionate, again, kismic relationship. But at the same time, there was no growth. And so with George, there seemed to be this understanding, this mutual understanding of moving forward um, and what that would look like as a cis and trans couple. And what should have been this blossoming romance after the new year of 2015, Ty, who was just three months into her 24th birthday and, you know, uh, you know, 10 months into her education at the Tyler Medical Assistant School, It was cut short again on that Monday morning. And so Detective Andy Erbaugh and his team of the Tyler Tyler Police Department wanted to know what happened to Ty. And according to Coy, the only reason that Ty would have been out that early in the morning would have been to see her boyfriend, Carlton Ray Champion. So Detective Andy Erbaugh goes over to Texas College and interviews Carlton Ray Champion Jr. And what should have been this fairly, you know, kind of blase conversation 
Detective Andy Erbar realized that there was a lot of tension there. He seemed to be very dismissive of who Ty was. He didn't seem to really know who Ty was and other than just kind of this casual passing. They knew each other from the app. They spoke on there. He discovered Ty's gender identity and just realized that he didn't want to pursue any type of relationship with Ty. This is the narrative that he spins to Detective Andy Erbal. But again, Detective Andy Erbal, who had already spoken to Kenyatta, Kenya, as well as Koi, her other roommate, knew that Carlton was very much a pivotal piece in Ty's love story. When confronted with the evidence presented by Koi and Kenya, Carlton was backed in a corner. He wasn't quite ready to confess that he was involved in the hateful homicide of Ty, but he was ready to disclose that he saw Ty that night. He admitted that Ty came over to Texas College around 1 a.m. on Monday, January 26, 2015, that they talked, that they shared kisses, that they made love in the back seat of Ty's car. They then got into an argument again about Ty wanting to be more open about their relationship Carlton, who too, according to his interview with Detective Andy Erbaugh, wanted to be open in a relationship, but was not ready. He was a football hero, this all-American hero, this football quarterback star of Texas College. And to have this beautiful trans girlfriend was just not what he was ready to admit to. Well, Ty, who was fed up and over this situation, disclosed that she was ready to move forward with George, that he knew of the relationship of uh, between her and Carlton, but that he was ready to give her a much more stable and healthy relationship that she wasn't getting for Carlton. And when confronted with this, Carlton became jealous. And what does he do? Well, he wasn't quite ready to admit but Detective Andy Erbal had his suspicions. We left the car on a night of unspeakable horror in Tyler, Texas. Inside the car, detectives dig up a bounty of clues. Like this letter. It leads officers to Ty's home address the day after the murder. That's when Ty's best friend and roommate, Kenyon, hears the devastating news. They said, well, we found your best friend in her car dead this morning. And... It took me a minute to process it. <laughs> At the station, police interview Kenya about Ty's relationships. One name stands out. The last one I knew of was this dude named Carlton. I don't know something he said. He spent two or three nights at our apartment. The heartbroken roommate tells investigators one more crucial detail. The only reason Ty would have left the house that night is to meet the one from Carlton. And Kenya names his Carlton champion, a 21-year-old freshman at nearby Texas College. Carlton champion, then Carlton pretty bad childhood, got through some trauma with the youth, but towards the end of high school, and found some stability and was accepted into college here at Texas College. Into a dorm and tried out Texas College. The talented jock makes the team. That means Carlton's not only a big man on campus, but his rep is large in the community too. 
trying to prepare football players around where people need to a higher standard and get them up on this pedestal. And especially when you have problems that small in the community, that small, that person is really thrust into the spotlight. Now police put Carlton under a different spotlight in handcuffs to hot glare suspicion surrounding Ty Underwood's murder. They asked uh, Carlton if someone named Ty. He said he had only met Ty one time. When asked about Ty's lifestyle, they say Carlton is surprised. Carlton said he did not know that Ty was male, but Ty was female, and he indicated that Ty drove a white car that he had never been in. Police asked Carlton how he communicated with Ty. A chat app called Kick. But strangely, Carlton says he deleted Kick from his tablet just that morning. The police were suspicious. They knew there were messages uh, through the Kick app somebody supposedly dating Ty uh, would have deleted the only messaging system that they were investigating was clearly suspicious. If cops want to see who Ty was chatting with, there's only one way. The roommate told me that if we got into the victim's phone, we would know who the victim would be. But that would mean cracking Ty's iPhone lock screen. That would require the correct pin code in order to unlock the phone. They guess it pin codes flying blind, risking losing the data permanently. They knew they only had a certain number of tries before the phone would lock up. Good. Finally, a Hail Mary. They guessed uh, that it would be Ty's date of birth, and they were right. When Ty's iPhone opens, all her communications, texts, IMs, and kicks are suddenly revealed, including incriminating chats with Carlton Champion. They had a sexual relationship that was clear from the nature and the language of the uh, text messages between them. The unlocked phone exposes a treasure trove of romantic conversations and X-rated selfies. And the messages make one thing absolutely clear. It's obvious that Champion is lying about not knowing whether or not Ty was a woman. Ty had been clear about who she was. The text messages revealed that. The texts also reveal their newfound romance was about to change. On the night of the murder, the messages from Carlton grow darker. Ty accuses the college freshman of meeting other sexual partners online, yet she furiously texts, I'm on my way up there. I'm coming to the school. Which Carlton replies, No, you're not. Carlton certainly uh, indicated through his communications with Ty that uh, he wanted to keep that relationship a secret. So whether it was from his friends or the other football team or the people on campus, he did not want Ty coming to campus uh, exposing that part of his life to the people on, on campus. Then the phone reveals Ty's final message to Carlton, including this. I'm here. Cops use that text to place Ty and Carlton together the night of the murder. When detectives got the phone on call, they had everything they needed. But Carlton insisted police he never left his dorm room that night. Is that just another lie? Up next. So, my audience, it's now January 29th of 2015. Detective Andy Erbal has brought Carlton Jr. Carlton Ray Champion Jr. into the Tyler Police Department. He's been arrested and charged with the hateful homicide of his college sweetheart, Ty Lee Nooney Underwood. Detectives, as well as the crime scene investigators, asked Carlton Ray Champion Jr. Has he ever been inside of Ty's white Chevrolet Malibu? And what does he say? No. They immediately 
discovered that there has been DNA detected on the seatbelt and door handle of the car that he initially denied being inside. And so while he sat in custody for over a year, finally, he would begin to get ready to serve justice and face a trial on December 18th of 2015 at the Tyler, Texas courthouse. There, you know, investigators, the prosecutors, all of them are coming together to make sure that they have the best case possible to convict Carlton Ray Champion Jr. for the hateful homicide of his college sweetheart and girlfriend, Ty Lee Underwood. When finally, Carlton Ray Champion admits to what he's done. He admits that he wanted to keep his relationship with Ty a secret. And when she had texted him that she had arrived at Texas College around 2 a.m. on January 26th of 2015, that he knew it was time for him to put his plan to action. He grabbed his 38 caliber weapon, goes out to the car where Tyler, but Ty was waiting in Tyler, Texas College. And there was uncovered and discovered is that then Carlton pulls out his gun and has Ty leave the Texas College campus. And what's discovered is that when he has her pull outside of the college campus, he then warns her to leave and to never come back. Ty promises that she will get justice for the way that she's been mistreated. And what does he do? He begins to shoot at her. Not once, not twice, but over five times. The 38 caliber bullets riddling Ty's body, leaving her dead. Her car crashing into a telephone pole. Eyewitnesses, earwitnesses calling out, seeing this car crashed into this telephone pole. This young 24-year-old African-American trans woman slumped over in the passenger seat, bleeding out. And what does Carlton, her college sweetheart, her beau, her boo, he runs back to the Texas College campus. And what's heartbreaking my audience is that Ty moved to Tyler for Carlton. And all she wanted was to grow and glow with him. And when faced with the troubling evidence that he wasn't ready to commit and be capable of giving her the fidelity and the honesty that she deserved, he takes his gun, lures her, out to the campus, shoots her, and then flees without incident, leaving her to bleed in her car for over 30 minutes before Tyler, Texas paramedics arrive and pronounce her dead at 2.36 a.m. Central Standard Time. You know, my audience, it's, it's really heartbreaking when we think about this case. Ty, this young, beautiful, 24-year-old trans woman who has so much going for herself, 
just, you know, a few months shy of graduating with her medical assistant degree and, you know, just living her best life with her roommates, Kenya Darks and Corey Simmons. And to know that all of that came to an end on a Monday morning after visiting her boyfriend to just get some sorts of clarity, some sort of understanding as to where they stood. And it's so important for us to understand these complexities of intimate partner violence relationships. Carlton was very controlling, right? He was not comfortable being open in public, but he was very willing to go over to her house and spend three days, according to the audio evidence that we heard earlier from her roommate, Coy Simmons. And again, from her additional roommate, Kenya Darks, you hear that the only reason she would have left her home, this medical assistant student who's getting her associate's degree as a medical assistant student to leave her home was because of the fact that she wanted answers from her boyfriend, from her partner, from the man that she loved and trusted that she relocated from Lufkin, Texas to Tyler, Texas for. And that was 21-year-old African-American cisgender male, Carlton Ray Champion Jr. Carlton, who she loved, who she trusted, who she leaned upon to be a sense of support for her. The two, again, giggled and laughed and played in her room and played video games in the living room and ate popcorn and watched Turner Classic movies. All of these very, like, couple cohesive things that they did together wasn't enough to prevent Carlton from picking up the 30 caliber gun and luring Ty to her hateful homicide. These two college sweethearts who had this promising future only if Carlton would have been willing to remove his genderphobic and transphobic views away from his life and that of those around him. The two really could have blossomed and thrived as a young Afrocentric couple in Tyler, Texas. But unfortunately, due to fear, phobia, and the inability to comprehend visibility of this vivacious trans woman by the name of Tyler Underwood, Carlton Ray Champion Jr. decided to take matters into his own hands and brutally murder by shooting his college sweetheart, Ty Lee Mooney Underwood, over five times in the driver's seat of her car. Her car riddled with bullets. Suspicion points to Ty's new boyfriend, Carlton Champion. But when cops dig deep into Ty's cell phone, the case takes a shocking left turn. While we're looking at the phone, we're appalled that the victim had been communicating with two different people. One of them is Carlton, the other a mystery man known only as George. Turned out George did live near the area where Ty was killed, so George became one of the prime suspects of that one. Investigators grilled the man for nearly two hours. During the interview, they had talked about the communication with George said that they never met up with each other. George to get to the truth. The suspect tells them he can end their suspicion once and for all. 
and sweet innocent as he looked me up that side. It took four officers to calm him down. Carlton Champion Jr. killed Ty Underwood because he was afraid the secret was going to come out. That if this relationship went south, everyone was going to find out that he's in a relationship with a transgender woman. And he could not take that thought. <laughs> Unbelievably, Carlton Champion still thinks he can get out of it. He sends this letter to Crime Watch Daily, writing, Police did dirty work. He's looking good, feeling good, waiting to get free so I can see what the world got to offer me. But there's no escaping the pain for Ty's friends and family. They're left with only memories of the special person they lost. Sometimes the memories are so bad, I can feel it. It, it, it gives me chill bones. I always have that vision in my heart. I was, I, I was always walking through in my heart. So as crazy as it might sound, she's still my friend. We're still rocking this world together. My audience, I just want to take you into the three-day trial that ultimately convicted and sentenced Carlton Ray Champion Jr. to life without the possibility of parole. Um, You had ADA Jacob Putnam of the Tyler, Texas County um, ADA office. And then you had Carlton Ray Champion's defense attorney, Melvin Thompson. And they both, you know, viciously argued you know, ADA Jacob Putnam on behalf of Ty. And then you have Melvin Thompson, defense attorney Melvin Thompson, who's fighting for justice for Carlton Ray Champion Jr. And again, um, despite, you know, defense attorney Melvin Thompson's pleas and attempts, Carlton Ray Champion Jr. again was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He has tried to appeal his conviction several times without success, and it has led him nowhere. When um, interviewed, Ty's mother, Yolanda Ford Underwood, spoke and gave a victim impact statement surrounding the hateful homicide of her daughter. And, you know, she spoke about Ty being this incredible, loving, beautiful, caring daughter who was just full of life and passion and who had treated Carlton Marie Champion Jr. well and was proud of him and always spoke so highly of him. And to know that her life was cut short by someone that not only she relocated to the town of Tyler, Texas for, but then to also know that he killed her all because she wanted to be the proud girlfriend of Carlton Ray Champion Jr. This football hero, this all-American football star, her college sweetheart, all came to an end on that Monday, January 26th of 2015 in the town of Tyler, Texas. All because her boyfriend, a man that she loved, a man that she trusted, and even to an extent, a man that she feared, 21-year-old cisgendered African-American male Carlton Ray Champion Jr. could not handle the idea of his girlfriend defying him and having their relationship be public and open on the Texas College campus. And what does he do? He lures her to her death, has her go over to the 4700 block and shoots her over five times, leaving her to bleed to death. 
my audience, as we prepare to conclude this case, I just want to say to Ty Lee Nooney Underwood, my sister, we remember you. Born October 24th, 1990, and resting on since January 26th of 2015. We remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Thank you all so much, my audience, for tuning in to season three, episode four of A Hateful Homicide, The Murder of Ty Underwood, College Sweethearts. My name is Mallory Jenner Robinson. She or hers. I'm your host. And you can follow us on IG at A Hateful Homicide. You can follow me at Mallory Jenner 90. You can also check out our website at ahatefulhomicide.net. And you can also please listen to us at Apple and Spotify Podcasts. Use the hashtags ahatefulhomicide, trans awareness, true crime, podcast, say their names, and suspenseful Saturdays. Again, thank you for tuning in and tune in next Saturday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for season three, episode five of A Hateful Homicide. Again, my name is Mallory Jenner Robinson, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, and bye-bye.